You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome in overtime on 1067 The Fan. Got a stacked show for you. Michael Phillips is going to join us in the next hour, but we're starting with a fairly significant guest. That is not often we have a congressman on the show, but that is today's news. And so to talk about this Washington football story is my pleasure to welcome in on the BetQL guest line. The representative from Virginia's 11th district, a member of the House's Committee on Oversight and Reform, it is Congressman Jerry Connolly. Congressman, thanks for coming on. I appreciate your time. Great to be with you, Kurt. I simply wanted to start off by asking what your reaction was to the latest report from the Washington Post yesterday. Uh, you know, it, it, it confirms all of the fears we had about the culture that Dan Snyder has created at uh, the Washington football team. Uh, not only a culture, toxic culture of harassment, but I mean, you know, infighting in private investigators, uh, lawsuits, all designed to protect him from any kind of accountability or scrutiny. And I think that's compounded by the fact that seemingly uh, Goodell and and the NFL have basically provided protective cover for that. And that's very disturbing for anyone who wants transparency and accountability, even in football. So I assume that a lot of people listening don't necessarily know how all of this works. When I say all of this, I mean the, the congressional uh, role in this, Congress's ability to have oversight, uh, you know, any other you know, DOJ or whoever else could potentially get involved. So um, to, to explain to our audience and frankly to me on, on some level, why is your committee, the House Oversight Committee, the Committee on Re- Oversight and Reform, a responsible party here? And, and I think almost even more importantly, what power do you have to do whatever it is that you are trying to do? Well, the Committee on Oversight and Reform is the, overs- the formal, formally charged committee in the House with oversight responsibility, and we have broad jurisdiction. And, uh, you know, one might reasonably ask, why would we be interested in professional football? But in this particular case, there are, you know, two, two answers to that. One is, obviously, football is a dominant cultural feature in America. It is a multi, multi multi-billion dollar business. It dominates, you know, uh, large chunks of uh, television viewership uh, every week. Um, It, it, you know, it's a a cultural icon uh, at the high school level, at the college level, and, of course, at the professional level. And when you have an industry, in a sense, that is that dominant culturally that has serious problems with respect to uh, toxic culture, sexual harassment, uh, you know, serious misbehavior by billionaire owners. Uh, that is a matter of public concern. And the second, of course, concern, and maybe that's more local for me, but it's not just a local issue. It's a committee concern, obviously, and that is that there are victims of this toxic culture. There are victims of sexual harassment, uh, many of whom have come forward, 
And there has to be some accountability about that. I don't think that's something we can just turn a blind eye to or pretend didn't happen or cover it up. None of those avenues is acceptable. And I think there has to be sunshine here. And, uh, and that's why I think the Oversight Committee uh, absolutely has a rationale for getting involved. And to, to close that loop, what is the power that you guys have? So if, to, to catch everybody up who may not have been following quite as closely before yesterday's report, you guys as a committee uh, had requested a number of documents. In fact, all documents related to this case. The NFL did not turn those over. Obviously, I think most people know they did not release any kind of public report following Beth Wilkinson's investigation. So what power do you have besides public pressure to get these documents? Do you have subpoena power in this case? And if not, what would it take to get it? Yes, our committee has maybe the broadest subpoena power of any committee in in Congress uh, to compel uh, both witnesses and the presentation of documents as sought. Um, And we're more than able to pursue those subpoenas to make sure they're enforced in courts of law. Uh, And our track record's pretty good in, uh, in enforcing and upholding those subpoenas. So Somebody defies the subpoena uh, issued by the committee at their own legal peril. Um, And, for example, on a different committee, but, I mean, you see the power of subpoenas. uh, We just voted for the second criminal contempt uh, citation last night here in the floor of the House. Uh, And one of those is already going going to trial. And the, you know, the penalty for defying is quite substantial, both in terms of jail time and uh, financial fines. So it's not a good road to go down. Uh, and I think, again, we're kind of dealing here with a, a two-level process. One involves the Washington team itself and its ownership and the culture that was allowed to uh, pervade that team for way too long. But there's also a second set of issues that's the more problematic one in some ways longer term, and that is the role of the NFL. Uh, We were supposed to have an investigation launched by the NFL. Uh, They they were supposed to issue a public report uh, that laid it out there, and uh, the NFL hasn't done that and seems to have basically uh, provided cover to Mr. Snyder and his wife as the owners of the team, uh, for reasons known only to the NFL, but that does not serve the public interest here. Right, because you don't spend millions of dollars on lawyers to hide things that don't exist. That seems to be a fairly That's right. straightforward... And you, and you don't reach multi-million dollar settlements to right. hush up uh, people talking about their experience. No doubt. Uh Congressman Jerry Connolly is with us here on the BetQL guest line. Uh, Craig Hoffman with you on overtime tonight here on 106.7 The Fan. Um, so what would it take, like, what has been the response, if any, at the point that we're talking from the NFL with this additional reporting? Or do you think ultimately you are going to have to call Commissioner Goodell, Dan Snyder, or anybody else, witnesses, uh, some of the women who have been very outspoken and willing to talk, are ready to, to talk publicly about this more than they already have in, in say, the Washington Post or other, other outlets, including on our radio stations? Um, do, do, do you think that ultimately it's going to take uh, Roger Goodell being dragged down from New York to Capitol Hill? Is it going to take subpoenas? Or do you think the NFL will ultimately ultimately cooperate here? I would hope upon reflection, Mr. Goodell would understand that the stakes are very high and he has to weigh protecting one billionaire owner 
against the long-term interests of the NFL itself. I, 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 you know, I hope it's not indelicate to remind everybody that Congress provided a special tax status for the NFL, mm-hmm. especially when the NFL was in financial trouble. It is now a very successful multi-billion-dollar enterprise, and you know that tax status is also potentially on the table here. So Goodell has to look at, you know, the stakes, and I hope upon reflection he'll come to the conclusion that uh, for the sake of football, for the sake of the NFL, he needs to cooperate with this committee's uh, oversight investigation of what happened at the Washington football team. You talked earlier about the broad scope of your committee's power, in fact, the broadest in all of Congress. And I think it's worth to bring up to ask you this question, too, because as someone who covered the league for a long time, like I did, one of the things that I heard a lot was that for as hated as Goodell is publicly, the owners love him because he is willing to be the representative of the shield. Like he is the human shield of them. And part of the reason why he is acting the way he is is because that he's not just protecting one billionaire owner in Daniel Snyder, but that he doesn't want anybody snooping around in the other organizations. How broad do you think that, you know, if if right now this Washington Post, like the journalism side of this is investigating Washington, and perhaps there are other journalists doing other things that we don't know about yet, but do you think that, you know, you guys could veer this investigation in other directions um, should Roger Goodell continue to stonewall and, and maybe we start to understand why he is stonewalling? So that's a really good question, Craig. And let me just say, uh, if his goal was to prevent, you know, pesky congressional committees like ours from, quote, (laughs) snooping around, unquote, uh, he's kind of already lost that battle, hasn't he? Because we're snooping around. And defiance is only going to raise the stakes in this contest. And broaden public interest and congressional interest in, well, what is going on at the NFL? So if you want to contain it, uh, I would say cooperation is a better path than defiance at this point. And I would hope, as I said, Mr. Goodell uh, spend some time reflecting on what his options are, because I, I, I think protecting, uh, you know, everybody, you know, who's an owner at almost any cost is going to, in fact, incur a very high cost for him and for the NFL. And I don't think he's going to find that our committee is going to relent. A few more minutes here with Representative Jerry Connolly, represents Virginia's 11th district. And as we've been talking about, a member of the House's Committee on Oversight and Reform. Um, The reporting in the Post talked about a number of private investigations and and really scary behavior by some of these investigators showing up at people's houses, all these kinds of things. Um, But I do wonder, like I I am familiar enough with big law and and how this works, that these kinds of things happen, phone calls, emails, perhaps even showing up. So I'm curious, uh, as someone you are obviously much more intimately familiar with the law, as you are one of the people who makes the laws, uh, what legal lines were beyond the obvious of the sexual harassment and potential sexual assaults that happened within the Washington football organization in terms of the cover-up, what other legal lines have potentially been crossed here that you are investigating to see if they were indeed crossed? You know, I don't think we are able to give an answer to that question definitively because we don't know all the facts yet. And, and, and as the Washington post story pointed out, uh, there are 
relevant facts and pieces of the report and agreements that are sealed, uh, that are confidential and not available either to the Washington Post or the public or Congress. So we don't know the answer to that yet, but we do know enough to know that the tactics being employed clearly constituted a pattern of intimidation to silence critics and victims. And that is a very troubling development that I do believe could open uh, Mr. Snyder and the team to uh, criminal investigation, but certainly civil litigation. Uh, there are, you know, I, I see a lot of potential lawsuits in this future. Uh, I don't practice law, so I'm not going to go much further down that road, but I, I, the, the story is sufficiently troubling and sufficiently documented that what we already know uh, raises a very uh, dark picture of how uh, agents on behalf of Mr. Snyder behaved and performed. And I think, you know, there, there could be a lot of litigation, uh, certainly civil, possibly criminal. I don't know. Uh, I'm not a criminal attorney and I don't want to prejudge the case, but right. there's certainly enough in the story today to trouble everybody from a legal point of view. What do you hope the ultimate outcome is here? I hope that football cleans up its act. I hope that going forward, there is a, a work environment that is safe and, and, and respectful for everybody. Uh, and that especially women, aren't seen as objects uh, to be harassed or used in some fashion, uh, and that you know everybody is treated with dignity. I mean, that ought to be a cultural norm for any workplace, including football. And uh, what transpired in the past is not acceptable, needs to be addressed and corrected. And I would hope that the NFL would get behind that fairly straightforward ethos uh, if it wants to be successful and you know thrive uh, as we move forward in the future. I think it's no secret to anyone listening that I am on board with that outcome. Um, I've spent many a radio segments on this this program talking about how I would just like people, many of whom I worked uh, not necessarily with as colleagues, but but saw them work, got to know them as I was covering the Washington football team, get hurt uh, by that organization. So for anybody that is like-minded that would, that would like to see that outcome, what can the rest of us who do not have subpoena power uh, do to help that outcome uh, eventually come to be? Well, obviously, uh, you know, uh, any team uh, survives and succeeds uh, based on the willingness of, uh, you know, fans and supporters and ticket holders uh, to support that team. And uh, letting uh, any team, including ours, know that that support going forward will be contingent. On, uh, on establishing this ethos of dignity and respect uh, and no tolerance for the kind of behavior that went before uh, would be one way every one of us individually can express ourselves and put pressure. Because ultimately, clearly, when it comes to this team and its ownership, money talks. 
Um, that was going to be my last question, but you said something in a way that makes me ask one more. Are you yourself a Washington football fan? And if so, how has your behavior towards this team changed as a fan uh, over the last, you know, whatever years that this story has been in the public spotlight? You know, I, I don't have a lot of time to go to uh, any kinds of sports events. Um, that That's a, you know, a big carve out of my schedule. Mm. Uh, for many years, I would, you know, go to a game or two every season uh, and root on the team. Um, I I would say, my frankly, my interest in it, in supporting it, has plagued in recent years in part because of this. Congressman Jerry Connolly, thank you so much for your time here on the radio and uh, for all you're doing, and uh, we'll hopefully talk to you down the line with some better news. My pleasure, Craig. Happy holidays. To you as well. It's Jerry Connolly, Representative Jerry Connolly, uh, the House Oversight Committee, with us on the BetQL guest line. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. We'll react to what he said coming up in the next hour as well as talk to Michael Phillips about this COVID situation in the NFL. Plus, there's a bunch of other stuff happening league-wide from Urban Meyer really just being the worst. I mean, competition for the worst person is pretty high. But Urban's making a case, uh, as well as what this news out of Canada that fans aren't going to be in the stands at full capacity could mean for games here at home. We've got a stacked show for you. We're with you for another hour here on Overtime on The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Our thanks to Congressman Jerry Connolly for coming on the show. Craig Hoffman with you for overtime tonight on The Fan. Coming up next, let's react to what the congressman had to say what would actually make a positive change and why is that change worth fighting for? I know it seems obvious, but there's a larger point about the media coverage of this story that I want to make. We'll get into that next. Not to mention Michael Phillips going to join us at 7.30 as well. Craig Hoffman with you tonight for Overtime on The Fan.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Michael Phillips going to join us in a little over 12 minutes here on 106.7 The Fan. Huge news day. Michael's all over it for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. was nice enough to spend some time with us, or is nice enough to spend some time with us this evening. I'm Craig Hoffman. This is Overtime, and this job sometimes is very silly. Um, And I think trying to figure out what to do with this job is sometimes really hard. Um, Now, that's not to say, this is not a complaint. Um, by any means, it is. I'm happy to have this opportunity to speak into a microphone and receive a check for it. Um, it's like it's pretty great in a lot of ways. Sure beats a lot of other jobs that are a lot harder. Um, but there's some days where you go like, do I just spend the whole show on on the thing that seems to be demanding attention? If I don't, am am I being negligent? Do we want to entertain? Do we want to have fun? Do we want to inform people? But at the end of the day, the way I approach it is this. And this is why I have Representative Connolly on. And this is why next week I'm filling in for Travis Thomas over on 980. We've already booked Dr. Celine Gounder to talk about all this COVID stuff. And why I think now, especially, um, I think probably some people have noticed, like the way I treat this job as a host now is a little different than when I was on the beat because now I am purely in an opinion lane. Like I am no longer a journalist. I know how to do journalism. And if I were to be asked to report on a story, I could put that hat back on. But like I am essentially an opinion columnist now. I just don't write. I espouse into a microphone the things that I think. But all of that fancy like meta BS to say this, I think the main thing that we have to try to do as a host, and whether the segment is silly and goofy or extremely serious, like the things that we're talking about with the investigations into Washington football, 
is we have to boil down what is the point of the thing that we are trying to talk about. And in order to do that, there are certain premises that we have to accept. And this was really clarified for me by one of my college professors, ironically, a decade after I graduated, well, not a decade, because I'm not quite a decade out of school, but like eight-ish years after I graduated. I had one of my old professors, Hub Brown, uh, who was at Syracuse when I had him. He's since moved on and is doing a great job as one of the deans of this journalism school down at University of Florida. And we were talking about political stuff and democracy. And um, he said something that really, again, stuck with me. And he said, in order for us to successfully be unbiased and cover the news and do a good job as journalists, if you are a, a political journalist covering the actual really serious important things that engulf our everyday lives, we have to accept that we are taking a side. In order to be unbiased in the coverage of democracy, we have taken the point of view that democracy is good. And where that then transpires into the NFL and the things that we are talking about with Washington football is substitute democracy for the existence of the National Football League and specifically even the Washington football team. We have to accept in order to defend what we think would be in the best interest of that club and that league, that that league existing in the first place is good. And that's, I think, important to remember if when we quibble over anything from a roster move to all of these things that we're talking about with these investigations and, and like, should Congress get involved is ultimately, not only do we think the existence of this thing is good and worthwhile, which some people would debate in the first place, but that what are the things that are ultimately going to be the best for the long-term health of said entity, the, whether it's an organization or if you're going back to the original analogy, democracy, big lofty ideals, right? And so for the Washington football team, and this is where if I've lost you in the maze of analogies, I think everyone's going to come back on the same page. I think we can all agree that Daniel Snyder not being the owner of this franchise is the best thing for the long-term health of it. Under the premise of, we think this is a good thing. It does a lot of good. It entertains us. It brings community together. It can strengthen bonds between families. Like How many of you listening right now, your Washington football fandom started with your mom, dad, sister, brother, whatever, going to games, whether it's FedEx if you're of that age, of RFK if you're a little bit older, and, and there's a familial tie that runs through your entire family that brought your community together at one point when this team brought people joy instead of whatever the hell it brings us right now. That thing would be better off without this man ruining it. And what I can't understand is why Roger Goodell doesn't see that. And that for the larger entity, the NFL, that he is enshrined with protecting, that he can't see that this man, Daniel Snyder, and the extent he has gone to to protect not the organization, but his own hide is bad for the league, for everyone. And now, I will say this caveat. It's not really a caveat. It's just like a po point of order. 
Yes, Senator from from Washington D.C. Oh wait, we don't have those. Never mind. Never mind. Roger Goodell's job is not actually to protect the shield and the league. And this is something I brought up to to Congressman Connolly. Roger Goodell's job is to protect the owners, not the shield, not the league, not the brand. The owners. And this is where I think the rubber meets the road with how serious the House Oversight Committee is going to be. And of course, what's he going to do? Say, like, ah, if they make it really difficult, we're not going to try. This is where you can either take the congressman at his word or not. But the rubber meets the road when they start to peel back the layers of the onion and realize that the Washington football layer most might be the most rotten outside layer, but there's a lot of other layers of that onion that are no longer edible. If we're going to stick with that analogy. And that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where this gets real. Is if, as they investigate, as the Washington Post has done, as the New York Times has done, as the Wall Street Journal has done, that a lot of these journalistic entities that have uncovered stories, such as the John Gruden emails with Bruce Allen, or whatever other angles start to come out of this, are they willing to go elsewhere? And then what happens? You don't spend all that money and you don't be this defiant. You don't make life this difficult. You don't bring all this negative energy and attention onto yourself and your league unless the thing that you're hiding is worse. It is an undeniable reality of human nature. And that's where it comes back to first people like me. How much time do we spend on this in defense of the thing that we think is worth saving? But also players and fans. Are you willing to not go to games, not watch games, not support advertisers, to make life a living hell for advertisers? Please be nice to their social media people. It's not that they're some poor intern, but like they are someone who got into social media. They're not the CEO of the company. They don't have access to the CEO of the company. So like save your mean tweets at Pepsi or whatever. But like in some form or fashion, can you protest those sponsors and make it really uncomfortable for them to continue to support the league? Or could even some of these sponsors that claim to be for, you know, they, they're doing all their diversity, equity, and inclusion programs inside their company, and they're talking about how they want to make life better for women and more equitable for any race, gender, class, anything of people quit supporting this league that did this horrible thing and is covering it up in a stiff arming Congress. Maybe you could do that. But probably not. Because at the end of the day, the machine just tends to keep on turning and turning and turning and turning. And this is where the women who continue to not let this story die, whether it's by speaking to the press, whether, whether it is by cooperating, unlike the NFL, with the congressional investigation, whether it is the reporters like Will Hobson and Liz Clark to continue to do this, or whether hopefully it is not just me on these airways. I know people like Reese have done this. I know other shows here on The Fan have done this, to continue to bring this up because it's worth it. Because at the end of the day, to go back to the original premise of what I was saying, 
if this stuff doesn't change, then the league decays and dies from the inside. And if we like football and we like professional football because we enjoy watching the game played at the absolute highest level, this dude needs to go and the, the culture within the sport needs to change because otherwise over the long term, it's unsustainable and it will die. And the faster that Roger Goodell realizes that, the better he will be at his job. I don't think he's ever going to realize that, which is why he should no longer have the job. Up next, Michael Phillips on the COVID situation in the league. Then we'll wrap up all this at 7.30. Craig Hoffman with you. Leading into Caps hockey tonight. Pre-game starting at 7.45 on the fan. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back overtime on 1067 the fan joining me now on the BetQL guest line is Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times Dispatch. Uh Michael, I guess work from home days for all of you uh, at this point is everything is virtual. Everything virtual. Uh they they'll come practice for a little while, uh, you know, as they did today. We get we got to watch them uh, stretch, but then uh everybody's back to your Zoom boxes and uh, that's the way it's going to be uh for this week and I, I got a feeling potentially for the foreseeable future looking around the league because Washington is not the only team in that spot right now. Nope, and that's actually where I wanted to start is the idea that this is not something that is remotely unique to Washington, nor is it unique to the NFL. Uh, the, the Calgary Flames have 17 people in the COVID protocols today. Um, it, it's it, This is happening worldwide. Uh, this is happening nationwide. Why do we think this is happening? What What are the parties involved saying as to why these outbreaks are happening? Yeah, and you know, Ron Rivera speculated that the, the Omicron variant could be a big factor here. We don't know that for sure. The NFL's working on getting all this sequenced and investigated and all that, but uh, certainly not an unreasonable assumption. You know, it, 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 things were going well when society was going well. Um, and, you know, society has had a big uptick in cases recently, and, and the pro leagues reflect that and predict that to a degree, you know, as you know, they've, they've kind of been a couple weeks ahead of society. I think this is an indicator that in a couple of weeks, America is going to have a lot of COVID cases and it's going to be in a situation like this, um, uh, you know, and, and so the, the policies will probably need to be updated to reflect that. You know, they, they've gone with the once weekly testing for vaccinated players, uh, hadn't mandated the booster shots yet. And I, I think this is just a wake up call that, that both those things are about to happen in the near future. You know, they, 
their level of vigilance worked in you know September and October when things were calm. Um, but now that people are you know on on the move and cases are on the rise nationally, I, I think they'll probably need to update to keep up with the times. Um, I realize this is a not totally fair question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Do they have any idea like who patient zero is over there, or like how how this specifically happened? Taking it away from the generality of of what happened in Washington with this team, not to not to blame anyone, just to kind of paint the picture. Yeah, and you know it, what's interesting was Montez Sweat was the first name to come on, but he actually wasn't with the team for most of the week. Um, you know, it's possible he got it, gave it to somebody who then traveled. Um, Ron Rivera cited that trip to Las Vegas as being a potential factor. Um, James Smith-Williams was the guy who tested positive last week. He had gone from that Vegas trip to New York, where he was honored for his humanitarian efforts at a banquet there, then tested positive a few days later. Um, you know, and, and then, of course, the whole team was obviously in the locker room during the Dallas game, and now uh, we see that spread really occurred uh, on Sunday in, in the locker room, you know, uh, before the game, after the game, um, that, that that's that that's the moment where this thing went from a couple of guys have it to a lot of guys have it. Um, I, I think that's what you're looking at here is, you know, how, how do you make sure this whole thing quiets down and quiets down in time to play a football game on Sunday? So that football game, uh, the league has some language that says, you know, if, if there's an outbreak that occurs basically amongst unvaccinated personnel, then there's, then like the team is just, hey, you should have been vaccinated. That is it. We're not going to accommodate you. But there's language in, in that rule that says if there's an outbreak against mostly vaccinated personnel, then they will try to mitigate the competitive advantage the best that they can. Do you think the NFL looks at at least moving this game back a day to possibly allow a large portion of Washington's players who tested positive who are vaccinated to potentially get that second negative test and be eligible to play? As we talk right now, Wednesday evening, uh, no, I, I don't believe the game will be moved back. I think we're going to play football on Sunday as scheduled. Uh, one thing that will be very interesting to watch in the next 24 hours is the Cleveland Browns, uh, because they, they have a similar outbreak right now. They are at a similar number. I believe 18 is their number right now. Um, you know, so it's a neck and neck race with Washington. Um, and they are scheduled to play on Saturday. So, uh, certainly, uh, to the extent that anything happens, it would probably happen first with the Browns. Um, you're looking to them, and then you know if they get if they get a day of reprieve or two days of reprieve, then you say maybe Washington will get that as well. My hunch is we're we're playing football on Sunday. You know that the league updated the the roster rules and the practice squad rules and all that. So, you know, essentially, you know, take stock of who you got by Thursday, call some guys in. You know, the vaccinated players can can test right in and, and join the team. This may be a team with ten new players on Sunday. You know that that's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, but I, I think that that's that's the league stance is if you can bring guys in and, and get them going. And, and certainly, you know, Ron Rivera's got that Rolodex. You know, you look up guys who were in Carolina who aren't on NFL rosters right now. That's who's coming, obviously. Um, you know, the the one the one potential factor here is Taylor Heineke. If Taylor Heineke pops positive tomorrow, in light of the fact that Kyle Allen is already out. I mean, that, that's what moves this thing from an unfortunate, you know, adversity striking Washington to this is an absolute sham of a football game. If they have to start Kyle Shermer against the Eagles in a key matchup with playoff implications, that's, that's the only thing I can see where, where if Heineke pops too, and Heineke and Kyle Allen are both vaccinated, if they're both out and there's no quarterbacks available who have taken any snaps at the team this year, I think that might move the needle towards 
hey, we got to do something here. Yeah, Cleveland already without Baker Mayfield. Uh, related question on the quarterback front. Do, will they now do the quarterback bubble thing where they, you know, some teams did this last year where they just basically tell their third quarterback, like, you're going to live at home. Like, you're going to get your full salary. Uh, you're going to do all of that stuff and you're going to attend all the meetings virtually and you're going to stay the hell away from us. That way, if our, we have a COVID outbreak, we can fly you in on Sunday to play. Will either Kyle Shermer or uh, the new guy that they brought in, uh, Jordan Tamu, uh, will, will one of those guys like get that isolated quarterback role as, as a practice squad guy? Oh, and the short answer is they can't. Tamu had to practice with the team today because remember Taylor <laughs> Ines, he's true. got that elbow he's got that elbow injury. They didn't want him throwing all the all the passes in practice today. Um, you know, you, you need you need enough quarterbacks to conduct a practice. I mean what what a crazy situation we're in. I, I don't know, call Alex Smith if he wants to do one more ride. Um, you know, it, 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 it's certainly going to be a scraping the barrel situation, um, you know, if Taylor Heineke can't go. I, I think that, you know, it, it, it reminds me of, you know, the, the old saying the Indianapolis Colts had, you know, Peyton Manning, you know, his backup quarterbacks never got any snaps in practice. And uh, it was Frank Reich, I think, that, you know, boys, if, if Peyton can't play, we're screwed. We don't practice screwed. Um, you know, it just it, if, if you go down that road, you're going to lose the football game on Sunday. So you just keep your fingers crossed, hope for the best. Yikes. Uh, what happened with the kicker? <laughs> there's, a, there's a pretty picture for you, yeah. Greg. What, what, speaking of pretty pictures, what happened with the kicker? No, I, I don't know uh, is the answer. Uh, he he uh, turned out was was there today and was on a side field, uh, but was not uh, with the team uh, that, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce a new guy's name, uh, uh, practice squad guy from Dallas. Um, he was t- the one taking kicks with the team, so we are now keeping an eye on the kicker situation, uh, Heineke's elbow. And um, stop me if you've heard this before, we have a Curtis Samuel situation uh, as well. On Monday, you may remember, uh, we were asking Ron Rivera, hey, uh, you know, Terry McLaurin went out with an injury. You have a Curtis Samuel. Uh, why didn't Curtis Samuel play more? And Ron Rivera said, uh, you know, it was the game plan which, of course, rang pretty hollow because Terry McLaurin was out. Um, and uh, sure enough, uh, there we are today. Curtis Samuel, Sidefield, uh, hamstring injury unrelated to the groin injury per Rivera. So uh, we go back on Curtis Samuel. Watch as well. Yeah, uh, as uh, put, takes off radio hat, puts on trainer hat. They're related. Put, takes off trainer hat, puts radio hat back on. Okay, Michael Phillips is with us on the BetQL guest line here on 106.7 <laughs> oh, yeah. Fan. That's just basic no, I anatomy. Get, I, get, I get what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. That, that's just basic anatomy. Um, all right, so that's the COVID situation. Then there's the just unmitigated disaster of an organization uh, situation. So what like was there anything in the Washington Post report that came out yesterday from Will Hobson and Liz Clark? I don't even want to use the word that you know did it surprise you? No, we all know there's a bunch of terrible people that have done terrible things. But was there anything that was in that reporting that you find significant? Well, I you know I I, I would lump it into two categories, and one category is you know more details come out about what kind of investigation this was. And it, it's harder for the NFL to ignore it every time there's a new report. You know, I, I think the NFL, you know, if you had talked to Roger Goodell, he, you know, and gotten an honest answer from him, he probably would have told you, we're going to take our lumps on this. When we put it out in July, we're going to move past it. We'll never hear about it again. They keep hearing about it. And I think they're going to keep hearing about it. I, I don't think it's going anywhere. I, I think they have to continue to ask themselves, 
what the true cost is here staying in business with Dan Snyder and whether that's one they want to bear, knowing that the cost of stopping Dan Snyder from doing business with you is a really high cost too. Uh, and that's obviously what scared them away this entire time is knowing how ugly that, that breakup would be. Um, you know, that's kept them together so far. Um, but you also have to ask yourself, is it tenable to continue staying in business with him too? Now, part two of that, Craig, you know, I, you know, maybe this will come out wrong, but I, I think the average fan understands that bad things happened. Um, but I, I think stories like the Bruce Allen tech story um, are just amazingly instructive to the average person as to kind of the level of pettiness we're dealing with here. And like, it's, it sounds horrible to say like all this sexual misconduct occurred, um, but the, but the Bruce Allen thing happened. That's what's getting people riled up. But I, I think it's just a, a window, a peek into, you know, the, the true colors here and, and how little has changed in the past year. You know, obviously accepting Ron Rivera and Jason Wright, as we've established, they were not part of this, but, but that the, the owner situation remains absolutely the same in every way. So on Rivera and Wright, um, at what point do those guys speak up and, or especially, I mean, I, I put this more on Jason's plate than I do Ron's like Ron's a football coach and he's coaching a football team and football, 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 but like Jason's the business guy. And he's also someone that could go get a very high paying job doing other stuff, uh, possibly even with another NFL organization. I think the things that he's generally worked on, he's done a very good job on. Um, and I, I had doubts about him coming in because I'm like, who is a person that would take a job under Dan Snyder? But at the end of the day, like he's working for Dan and at what point does he go, I'm not going to be a part of this anymore and quit, and does that move the needle? Well, if either Rivera or Wright left, that would 100% move the needle because their credibility is keeping the ship afloat right now because they are both unimpeachable men of character. I, I think that's that's the very specific reason why they're, here, they're there. And then Ryan Rivera's case has a very specific reason why he's the coach of this football team. Yeah, that, that is not to diminish his credentials as a football coach, which are, of course, solid. He is a very good football coach. But, but you know, the, the thing we kept hearing when he was hired and, and the thing that obviously, uh, you know, is very important right now in, in, this, in this time is he is a high-character person. You know, he builds cultures. Guys like playing for him. He has that military style where he connects with people and, and players and staffers really, you know, enjoy being around him. Um, so, yeah, I think that those two can lend their credibility to the operation as a whole and keep the operation as a whole afloat. Um, but I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, maybe I'm naive. I don't see any indication they're going elsewhere. It, it seems that to this point, they've been allowed to do everything they want to do. And that's not an unusual story with Dan Snyder. He, he has taken his hands off the steering wheel before when he's made new hires and promised them autonomy. He's always put his hands back on the steering wheel and it's always been messy at the end. Um, but I, I'm not surprised that, you know, these guys are being allowed to do the, the big transformative things they want to do. Um, because that that's a pretty standard thing for the first few years of, of a new hire under Dan Snyder. And then the last thing I'll ask you real quick is have any, and I know this is also definitely a lot harder with the nature of how you and your colleagues on the beat have to do the job right now as compared to back in my day when we could go in the locker room uh, because of COVID uh, for the audience that doesn't know, like, every interaction with the player is on zoom. So unless you like have a guy's number and have a good relationship, the side conversations that used to easily be able to be had in the locker room can't be had anymore. But to whatever extent of knowledge that you have, 
Are there any players that are saying anything about this? That like could they speak up? And and certainly I'm biased here, but like I think of what the Washington Spirit did with their ownership situation, where every single player put out a team written letter saying like, "Hey, you owner, we don't like you. You're doing horrible things. Sell the team." And I just think of like it's for them to do it when they're making a barely livable wage compared to the money that uh, is made in the NFL and understand like where the leagues are is very different. It, it's certainly not apples to apples, but I do think it's a fair question to ask of like, what do the players think and what power do they have to potentially affect any of this, if any at all? Yeah, I think if they got together and, you know, spoke as one or, you know, made a statement, I, I think it would definitely be a needle move, right? I, I don't see it happening. And, and it's, you know, you mentioned the money. I, I think. You know, the fact that there is a lot more money at stake is, is probably one of the main reasons they're not. And because, you know, that this is such a short window of time for them, the contracts aren't guaranteed, the money's out there, um, you know, and, and I, I think you look at other situations, guys who have spoken up about things in the league, they generally do not continue cashing checks elsewhere. Um, you know, I, I think the question is, you know, if a guy is here playing for Ron Rivera and enjoys playing for Ron Rivera, is he going to go out on that limb? Um, to, to, you know, probably potentially ruin his career um, over this. I, I, you know, I, I think your guys most likely to speak up are probably guys in the Trent Williams club of guys who made a lot of money here um, but got alienated at the end by the organization. Um, you know, it, it, I, I haven't seen his documentary that he's, he's worked on. Uh, I, know, I know that released a, a couple days ago, but, um, you know, I, I think the more stories come out, certainly the, the harder it is to ignore. Yeah, uh, so we all wait for Robert Griffin's book. Is basically what you're telling me. <laughs> it it always comes back to Robert, hundred percent of the time. It does. Uh, it, Michael it Phillips comes back to Robert. You should read him in the Richmond Times Dispatch. You should follow him on Twitter at Michael P R T D. Michael, thank you for your time, sir. Uh, stay safe. I mean that genuinely, and uh, hopefully you have a somewhat decent football game to cover on Sunday. I'm vaxxed. I'm boosted. I'm. I'm you know, I in. COVID is the least of my concerns in Philly. I would say the fans are far more concerning to me <laughs> in Philly uh, than the COVID. But we're going to make it out of there, and uh, we're, we're going to play football, Craig. We're going to do it. Excellent. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Take care. Michael Phillips on the BetQL guest line. Bet smarter. Beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. We'll wrap up the show in like 30 seconds next. Craig Hoffman with you, wrapping up overtime here on The Fan. Capitals hockey coming up next. The Wiz play late night as well, so that's exciting. Uh, some sports that games that are going to happen. Yay! Uh, this broke about an hour ago at the end of Grant and Danny's show uh, that in Canada they're starting to reduce capacity for some games, and... Uh, I wonder if that's on the table uh, for U.S. sporting events, specifically indoors, and what it would take to, to trigger that. Um, but I also think that the leagues, is if the, right now the outbreaks are contained within teams, are going like, hey, at what point do we cancel games? Because games aren't going to be very good, and it's just not worth it. And I think that's the next step the NFL is going to have to ask. If, like, if there's another wave tomorrow, 
I, I think moving games, even back a day, uh, could definitely be on the table. Uh, great job, Ryan, running things in studio. Thanks again to Congressman Jerry Connolly and Michael Phillips for joining us. I'm Craig Hoffman. This is Overtime. Enjoy the hockey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.